Take your Bibles if you have them and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We've made our way uh, through the first three chapters. Still kind of with the same thought as Paul is, is writing. He is sharing his heart uh, to this church. And this morning I want us to look at the, the subject, faithful pursuit. Faithful pursuit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll be in verse 1. We'll go down to verse 6 this morning. The scripture says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Faithful pursuit. If I was to ask you this morning, all of us are in a, in a spiritual journey. The first step that any of us will ever take comes to a place in our life where we repent of our sins and we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's, that's salvation. That's your purpose on this earth is to glorify God. And we cannot do that unless you first come to saving knowledge of Christ. That's that first step that every person needs to take. But what's the next step after that? We're in this journey called the Christian walk, the Christian faith. And we are walking towards heaven, that glorious city of God we just heard uh, sung just a few minutes ago. Every step that we take is one step closer to heaven. So what is that next step in our life? The Bible does not teach that the Christian life is a coast or we can't just set it in cruise control. That it is a journey, step by step, until the Lord Jesus Christ takes us home. So what is the next step for you? It's not the same probably as the person beside you or the person in front of you, the person behind you. It's different for every single person that is there. But for all of us, it is a step. It is something that we must take. For some, you've been saved, but you've never been baptized. And the next step in your spiritual walk is baptism. For others, it may be that you are saved and you've been baptized. And for you, it may be church membership. Maybe God has brought you here through some way, form, or fashion. And that next step in your life is to unite and to begin to, to serve. Because that's another step that's soon coming. It may be, like I said, baptism. It may be church membership. It may be your next step in life is to have that consistent, quiet time. You've tried it before and it just didn't work. It worked for a little bit and, and, and you get busy and things happen. But, but that next step is to have every day that consistent walk with God. That would be your next step. For some, even we can go even further. You may be ready to teach. I don't know if you ever get ready to teach. But you may be that, may be that next step for you. 
You've been saved. You're walking with the Lord. You, you, you're having your daily time with the Lord. And now God is ready to, to give you the opportunity to share what Christ has put in your heart. And give you a platform to be able to teach the truths of the gospel. You may be ready to serve. Maybe you're a member of this church. And, and, and you come and you're faithful in coming. But you haven't taken that step to serve. And maybe that's the next step in your life. You see, I, I, I'm listing, and I've got a whole lot more, and I won't go through the rest of them. But there are, there are uh, all different steps that need to be taken in the Christian life. It is a walk. It is a process that we walk through. It is a faithful pursuit. We don't know when our race will finish. The only thing we know is the promise that Jesus will be at the finish line waiting on us when we get done. For some, your race may end today. It may end tomorrow. You may have another 20 years, 30 years. We don't know that. The issue is to faithfully pursue that next step, whatever it may be. Paul is continuing to talk about and, 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 and sharing his heart because he, uh, he, he was accused of having a weak ministry. He was accused of having a fading ministry, a dishonest ministry. He was accused of corrupting God's word. Uh, he was accused of hindering the preaching of the gospel. His next step in his life is to continue the faithful to pursue to preach the word of God, even though people around them were telling him to quit. You need to stop what you're doing. Because what you are doing is not right. Paul teaches us and he encourages this morning in the life of ministry to faithfully pursue. Look at verse 1. And as we walk through, there's five points this morning, but there's only five words. Five words that I want you to think about and, 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 and let it sink in your heart. When you are faithfully pursuing the walk with Christ, there's five things you can do from this text. The Bible says in verse 1, Therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. The first one is this, is the word focus. It's the word focus. The Bible goes back in verse number 1 and it says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, you remember how we closed last week? We talked about how Moses in the Old Covenant was a veiled ministry. It was something that when he'd come down from the mountain, he would put this veil over him because the glory that was on his life would fade away. But the new ministry that we have is not a ministry that is veiled. In fact, it is a ministry where there is freedom. Verse 17 of chapter 3 says, where the Lord is spirit and the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Verse 18 says, but we all with an unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Verse 18 teaches in this walk with Christ that we are in this new covenant, this un veiled ministry. We have freedom. We have freedom to worship. We have freedom to say amen, amen. Thank you, Elizabeth. I, I always count on my wife. We have freedom to do anything that we want in life. When it comes to our walk with Christ, when it comes to worship, there are no regulations. There is no legalism. We worship in spirit and in truth. 
verse 8, verse 1 of chapter 4 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of freedom, an unveiled ministry, a ministry where there are no uh, shadows, there's nothing, there's no parameters when it comes to our worship of the Lord. We are who we are in Christ. We don't have to go through someone in order to get to Christ. We go directly to Christ. An unveiled ministry. He says, we have received mercy, we don't lose heart. The phrase right there, lose heart, means to give in to fear. Or to lose courage. Or to behave like a coward. It says, do not surrender. In your walk, this next step of your life, whatever it may be, you're focused. You're focused in your walk with Christ, laser focused, because you know where the goal is at. The goal is glory, and you're on this journey. You don't look at the things that are behind, but you strain toward those things that are ahead. Paul wrote those same words in Philippians chapter 3, and we're focused on our spiritual walk with Christ. Paul is saying, we don't lose heart. Paul is saying, hey, there's people that are making fun of me. There are people who are discounting what I'm preaching and what I'm teaching and what I'm doing. But I'm focused on what Christ has called me to do. I do not lose heart. There are two things that, that will ground our hearts in ministry. Number one is God's call. Every one of you today that knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you would never be saved or you're not saved unless first God called you into salvation. The first mark of becoming a believer is conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. Conviction of sins. And God has put that call on your life and He's called you into His glorious gospel. The Bible says in verse 1, we receive this by the mercy of God. We didn't deserve it. But through His mercy, He has saved us and called us into glory and called us into this wonderful ministry, called us into this wonderful journey called the Christian walk. The second one is this, is the surpassing glory of the gospel ministry. Realize that today we can wake up, come to God's house in freedom on this fine winter warm morning and worship the Lord with and freedom we can go to Walmart or wherever we can share the gospel we can share the gospel to our friends and family we can go home and open up God's word and begin to read when God convicts us of that we can pray to him and say God I need you to speak to me I've messed up forgive me for my sins we have that freedom that's the glorious gospel of the ministry of Christ we can't do that unless you're laser focused laser focused on that faithful pursuit that Christ has called us to do. So we don't surrender. We don't quit. Jeremiah says it like this. I love this passage in Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah also was a preacher. He says this in verse 8 and following. He says, the word, of Lord, the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. He says, it was God's word... That was making my life difficult by the people that were around me. Verse 9, he says, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Basically, Jeremiah says, I, I, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to get out of the race. It's too much trouble. But he says in verse 9, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Friend, if you're on this faithful walk, this faithful journey and faithfully pursuing, you are focused. There may be times in life where you want to quit, but you don't. 
You don't because of the gospel call on your life. You're going to the finish line. You are surrounded, Hebrews says, by a great cloud of witnesses. You run the race that is before you. Focus is the first word. The second word is the word straightforward. Straightforward. Have you ever come, have anybody ever come up to you and said, listen, I just want to be straight with you. What are they saying? I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. Now, I hope you say that all the time. I hope you tell the truth all the time. But if somebody really wants to, to, to not wishy-washy around, but get straight to the point, they say, man, I just want to be straight with you. I want to be straightforward with you. That's what Paul does in verse 2. Look at what he says. He says, we have renounced. Actually, it starts off with a conjunction because he's contrasting what his ministry is in verse 1 to the ministry of the false, lead, false teachers and preachers. He says, we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. It's focus, but it's straightforward. It's focused. You know where the goal is, and, and, and it's straightforward. This is exactly where I want to go in my walk with Christ as God leads me. Here's the next step. It's forward. It's never backwards. Straightforward. He says this. He says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. The word shame is the kind of things that people do only under cover. And with shame if exposed. It describes disgraceful, dishonorable deeds that produce embarrassment and humiliation. It's the exact same thing that Paul was saved from. The legalism and the humiliation of his religion. Now he had fully repented of his sins and now he's walking truthfully. He says, I want to be straight with you. We're not like those who are walking in shame and hiding those things of shame. He says, we're also not like the ones who are handling the word of God deceitfully. Or handling the word of God in a crafty, not walking, excuse me, back up a little bit. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. The word craftiness means trickery or deceit. Willing to achieve anything to accomplish their goal. Paul says, look, I'm not trying to trick you. I am who I am. I want to be straight with you. The gospel that I teach and the gospel that I preach, it's the truth of the Word of God. You may not agree with it. You may not uh, think it's the right, right, right way. But you can never ever look at me, Paul says, and think that I'm preaching some kind of trickery of a gospel. He says, I'm not one who is crafty. He also says, let me be straight with you, I'm not handling the word of God deceitfully. The word deceit means it's a word to, that used in extra biblical Greek to corrupt water or to corrupt gold. Somebody who would take a pure piece of, uh, of gold and would add something to that that would uh, discount the purity of a piece of gold. Paul says, look, I, I'm not being deceitful. I'm not trying to add something to what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching is the truth of the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Paul says, I am straight with you. I'm not like those false teachers. What you see from me is what you get. The truth of the gospel being straightforward. So in your walk with Christ, you are laser focused and you are walking straight. You're not trying to hide anything. 
You're not trying to keep anything undercover. You are a child of God, waiting on the glory of God to go forever in heaven and worship. But until that day comes, you are walking with Christ, not trying to hide anything. You're not trying to trick anybody. You're not trying to be deceitful or crafty or shy. It's okay to be shy on the outside. Some of us are. But it's never okay to be shy on the inside in your walk with Christ. We are called to be someone who is bold in our faith. We are bold in our prayer life. We are bold in our Bible reading. We are bold in our walk with Christ because of what Christ is doing on the inside of our life. We're straightforward with it. I think I've shared this before, but a couple years ago, one of my former church members called me the week before a 10K race. Uh, and said, I want you to come run this race. I said, uh, sir, I, I've never run a race before. I have no desire to, rent, to win a race. It's Saturday. It's in the springtime. There's one place I'd rather be than running a race in the first part of May. It's called the Coke 10K race. Maybe you've heard of it. And car, huge race. There'll be 1,500 people there. And he said, I want you to come run. I'm running this race. I want you to come with me. I said, brother, I, ain't, I, hadn't, I hadn't run to the mailbox lately, much less a race. He said, oh, it'd be easy. I'll keep up with you. I said, no, you don't understand. I, there's no, you're a UPS driver. You are in shape. You, you, you can go and run that whole entire thing. And uh, I said, I just I can't do it. And, and so, so I signed up for it, or he signed me up for it. And we got up there that Saturday, and I stretched. I said, all right, tell me what to do, man. I I've never run this race. He said, I said, how far is 10K? He said, 6.2 miles. I said, wow. I'd forgotten how, what 10K was, and now I know exactly how many 10K. So we, we ran the race. We ran, I, I ran one mile with him, and I saw the one-mile mark, and, I, and I, I went from jogging to walking. He said, what are you doing? I said, I, I, I'm, I've got five more .2 miles left. I've got to make it. I'm walking. And, and I would walk a little bit. One thing I learned about that race, I finished. I finished in a pretty good time. My time was I wasn't last, so that was the best time for me. But one thing I learned about that race, and you runners, I've, I've heard from you as well, you never stop. You may be going a little bit faster than others. You may be going a little bit slower than others. But you never stop. When you stop, that's when you're defeated. And there were times where I wasn't going an inch a second, it seemed like. But I knew one step closer. Every step was a step closer to the finish line. I don't know where you may be in your Christian walk. Some are further than others. And some may be going faster than others. But I pray this morning that you are focused and straightforward. And that you are walking. Not stopping. But walking straight towards your goal. Straight forward. Not hiding anything. I'm walking towards that next step. Whatever it may be. Paul says it like this. We are the manifestation of truth. Verse 2. We are commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We are making known the truth of God in our life. That's what we want to do. That's what our desire is in our walk with Christ. It's the word straightforward. But the third word is this. It's the word perception. Not only is it focus, not only are you straightforward, but on this journey you are watching. 
and you perceive things that are happening. Notice what Paul says in verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now notice what Paul says, because this will speak to your heart, just like it did mine. If our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Now, veil's an interesting... If, if our gospel does not get accepted... In other words, have you ever tried to share the gospel with someone, and it looks like you're talking to the wall? Because it doesn't get anywhere. You can share every verse that you know, you can tell them Jesus died for your sins. Jesus loves you more than anything else in this world. Jesus rose again. He's coming back again. You can go to heaven and be with Him forever and ever. If you don't, you'll spend eternity in hell. And, and, and it's, it's, it's like you're talking to the wall. There's no response. Paul says, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The perception on this walk with Christ is that the seed has never changed. The seed is the gospel of the Lord. And what we're called to do is to plant the seed. It may fall on good soil. It may fall on rocky soil. The soil may come and the birds, I mean, it may fall on the soil and the birds. That's not up to us. Our mission and what we perceive is that we share the gospel to all people, but some people's not going to hear it. Some people, it's going to fall on hearts that are veiled, that are covered. It's like when you want to get the gospel right into their heart, that there is a brick wall. And every Bible verse that you share in love, it bounces off that wall, and it cannot get into their heart. Notice what Paul says in verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The gospel is not veiled. It's the ones who are perishing. Verse 4, whose minds, the God of this age, that is our enemy, that is Satan himself, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glory of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Paul says, look, when you're, when you're running this race, what you perceive in your, in, your, in your next step, you are straightforward with the gospel, you're going to come across people who will not accept what you believe. And the quicker we learn that, the better our life's going to be. We don't wish anybody to die and not know Jesus as their Savior. But one of the reasons why we don't share our faith is because we tried to share it one time and somebody rejected us. So what we say is, I'm just never going to do that again. And Paul says, no, look, I want you to perceive what your perception is, is that some people are not going to hear the gospel. The enemy has blinded their heart. And what you need is to pray and ask the Holy Spirit of God to soften their heart just like the Holy Spirit did for your heart before you got saved. And how that heart was soft and you heard whether you were a child or a grown man or grown woman or teenager and you heard the Word of God and it was like the heart and the soil was perfect for salvation. Perception. The main issue in the gospel is not to be clever but it's to be clear. Verse 4 says, Whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Perception. Number four is the word exaltation. We've gone from focus to straightforward 
We perceive what is going on around us. Now we exalt. Look at verse 5. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. On this race, and as you take a step towards Christ, you exalt the name of Jesus. Our issue in life is not to try to win the whole world for Christ. We need to plant the gospel. Our issue in life is to exalt the name of Jesus. And as we are exalting the name of Jesus, we share Christ with all. But God is the one who saves people. All we do is plant the seeds and let God give the increase. He says we don't preach ourselves. We preach not just Christ, not just Jesus, not just the Lord, but Christ Jesus, Lord. All three of those terms mean something. You remember, you remember back in chapter 3, he talked about the Old Testament and the veil that Moses had when he came down and how these people were lovers of the law. What's the first word that Paul uses in verse 5? He uses the word Christ. The word Christ is the word Messiah. The word Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. Paul says, hey, this, this gospel that you believe in, it's about Christ. It's about the Messiah. Jesus is the Old Testament fulfillment of prophecy. Of prophecy. His name is Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says that Christ Jesus died for our sins in accordance to the Scriptures. That he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He is the Christ. But he also calls him in verse 5 the word Jesus, which means the Lord saves. The name given to the Son of God at his incarnation. It signifies that the Lord's salvation came when Jesus Christ was born. He was Christ. He was Jesus. And praise God, he is the Lord. It declares the fact that Jesus has been crucified. He is exalted by God Almighty through the resurrection to the position of lordship in heaven. He is ruler of all the world. As we walk this race, as we walk this journey, some may be further than others, but we are exalting the name of Jesus every step of our life. Jesus Christ, our Lord, ourselves, our bondservants for Jesus' sake. We're on this earth for one person. That's Jesus. Him and Him alone. And on this journey in our life, we are exalting we are focused. We are straightforward. We perceive that we are exalting the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's one more word in verse 6. I don't want you to miss this. Look at what verse 6 says. It is God. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. He goes back to the first pages of the Bible in creation. It is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. It is this God who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That fifth word is the word confidence. Confidence. I was not very confident running a 10K race. I'd never done that before. But there is a race that I am confident in. And that's the race... The Christian race. That's the race to glory. That's the race to see Jesus Christ face to face. And just as the Lord created light from darkness, 
commanded light to shine out of darkness. In the same way, the Lord can take a dark heart and command light to shine in it. As you're on this walk and you're focused and you're straightforward and you're sharing the gospel, who's to say the next person you talk to about Jesus, that God doesn't open up the heart of that dark soul, soul and command light to shine in it. And all they need is for somebody to just plant the seed in their heart and allow God to give it. That's the confidence of our walk with Christ. That's the confidence journey that we have. The same God who turned the lights on physically also turns the lights on spiritually. Friend, He can do that. What's your next step? Only you, only you know that. I mentioned several of them. For some, it's your first step is the next step. And that's to have a relationship with Jesus. There's a time in your life where you've looked back and you say, Brother John, I, I've, I've never asked forgiveness of my sins. I've never turned from my sins. And I've never been saved. The Bible talks about this morning the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Christ Jesus our Lord. That Jesus came and He died on the cross for you and for me. And He died for your sins. And all you've got to do is turn from those. Open up your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I know today that I'm a sinner. And I believe You died on the cross for me. And I ask you to come into my heart and to save me today. Your next step may be your first step in this journey of the Christian walk. For the rest of you, what is the next step? Only you know what it is. But let me challenge you, let me encourage you to be focused on that. And to be straightforward. If you were to come up to me and say, Brother John, what's your next step? I don't want to beat around the bush. This is what I want to do. And I tell you. In the same way, if I came to you and I said, what's your next step? Well, this is my next step. This is what I'm praying through. This is what I'm focusing on. This is what I'm striving. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm moving straight forward on this journey, this next step of my life. We perceive that not everybody around us is running the same race. But while we're running this race, we exalt the name of Jesus and we're confident, knowing, number one, that we're going to finish because what God has started in us, He will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But number two, every step of the way, the Holy Spirit is guiding us. And He's coming alongside us as we run this race together. What's your next step as you faithfully pursue the gospel of Jesus? Let's pray. Father, God, I ask today that you would speak to our hearts. And you'd help us today to know what that next step is in our life. For some, Lord, they need to come to know Christ and they need to be saved. For others, it may be baptism or church membership. And even after that, Lord, maybe you're speaking to people's hearts this morning about their quiet time with you and how that next step is to be consistent every day in their prayer life and in their Bible reading. And wherever that journey takes each of us, God, we know that you're there. And as you're waiting at the finish line, Lord, and your Holy Spirit is carrying us through this process, may we be found faithful. And may we don't lose heart. But instead, we're faithfully pursuing. 
We ask all these things in your precious name. I want to do